This is the second week in our series, The Power of Words. The idea the Bible teaches about words that we say, words said to us, how impactful that is. And I'm talking in the dark. I guess that's okay. Here they come. Here the lights are. <laughs> I knew they would appear eventually. So uh, you can hear in the dark, though, can't you? So that's perfectly fine. Uh, but, but, but we're talking about the power of words. Uh, the image that begins each week is this idea of Scrabble, a game about words, a game I grew up playing with my grandmother. So I'm very familiar with the, with the game. And the game of Scrabble is really not a very complicated game. It's pretty simple, pretty clear-cut. It's just about words you put on a board. It's like really the way life is. It's not very complicated. We, we speak and we hear, and that's how typically it works for most of us. But to be able to win the game, that's where we begin coming to a different place and understanding. We have to know the fundamentals of Scrabble to be able to win the game. Vocabulary, spelling, the basics, and especially around the game itself, which may have unique words that have Q's and X's and things like that in them. Now, you may not be aware, but there is a world, world record for Scrabble, the most points ever scored in a game. And I believe that's 830 points. Now, you may not know what that means, but, you know, 100 or 200 points is not all that bad. So 830 is pretty amazing. Some of the words in that game are, I'm going to tell you what they are, flatfish, scamster, Jousted, quixotory. You know what quixotory means? You're ahead of me. I have no idea what quixotory means. Vrow, V R O W, win the game. Because that person knows the fundamentals of Scrabble to be able to, to have that kind of score. And to really be able to handle words well, we have to know, have the fundamentals in our own life. We have to start with ourselves and my own personal relationship with God. If I don't have security myself and who I am in my own life, I'm going to have great difficulty handling words well with family, marriage, friendships, church, anywhere else I'm going to have to use words. I must have secure, personal security. Insecure people aren't going to deal with words well, either said to them or said to others. We have to have security. I talked about that last week with three Bible verses I want to review with you. If you were here, if you weren't here, I want you to hear them. These verses say this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can it be I am a child of God, a son or daughter of God? If God is for me, who can be against me? Knowing who I really am, resources I have, the God that I love, because so many times words are about personal fear, I'm afraid, personal insecurity, personal anger, these things bring out negative words for many of us in our world, often learned at home from those who taught us at a young age. And so the idea is that personal sense of security is I can, I am, I have because of my secure relationship with God who loves me in Jesus Christ and the grace that God gives me and how I choose to live and want to live and need to live. I'm going to read for you Ephesians again, chapter 4, adding one verse to it. We should listen closely to what it's saying to us, not just about words, but how those words arrive into our life. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, 
along with every form of malice, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Follow God's example. Therefore, dearly beloved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. <coughs> so there you have the picture, the words holiness, forgiveness, love, offering, in the middle of how words are used. And again, the fundamentals of our faith that encourage us to, okay, where am I going to go? Now, one thing I like about God and his love for us is no matter how good or how bad we've been with words in life, our words have been said to us, that's all past. It's all new now. Where are we going to go in this, in this Rubik series in our life? I spoke on occasion to our church family about a pastor named Bill Henson, pastor First Methodist Church Houston for many years. He has since passed away, retired early, and, and didn't live long after that. Uh, uh, but for, for me, in many ways, was a mentor. The books he, he wrote, sermons he preached. I love Bill Henson and the things he said. Pastor of the First Methodist Houston, the largest Methodist church in the nation at that season when he was there. Great, great church. Started at a second campus that grew to a large church now in the Houston area. Bill Henson did. Heard him speak one time where he said this. He said, you know, I can hear a hundred positive comments from my church family and hear just one negative thing and I brood on it for days. Wakes me up at night. It's traumatic to me. And even though he was the most successful Methodist pastor in the nation in the years he was at Houston, he still felt like those negative words cut into the core. Research has said, this is business research, by the way, that in a business, we're talking about in a business, that, that, uh, that, that one negative comment to an employee or a team requires six positive comments to make up for it. And that's in the business world. If you don't follow that rule, your employee or your team will deteriorate as time goes on and not be productive in their life. And that's the secular business world. You take the same numbers and bring them into a family or a marriage or people that we trust and who love us and who we love, and you bring those words to that relationship, it's far more. I don't know what the numbers are. I would guess 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 positive words, if even that, to make up for one real negative thing, hurtful thing that's said to a spouse or a child or a member of the church family. That's the, that's the that's specific truth. And why these words, and I just read, have words like forgiveness, holiness, Jesus, sacrifice in the middle of the practical ideas, be nice to each other in the things you say. It's really what that passage is saying. Just be nice. Holy, forgiveness, Jesus, love, grace. All these amazing truths that God offers us. Now in that light, uh, we want to talk a moment about family, uh, marriage and family especially. And we have, a, we have a counselor that connects with our church named Brian Atkinson. And Brian does a lot of family marriage counseling. And he has a few words to say about the power of words from his perspective. Can we hear those now, please? As a counselor, I'm uh, consistently reminded of 
the power of our beliefs, the power of our experiences, and the power of our words. The first thing I think of is as, as a child, uh, as we're growing up, whether it's uh, from friends on the playground or whether it's from parents, sometimes those words can have really deep impacts and um, honestly unknowingly affect us um, for the rest of our life if we're not real careful. The, the ones that come to mind are some of the most destructive. You're stupid, you're dumb, uh, you're never gonna amount to anything. Uh, you're a failure, you're a mistake. You know, they hear that as a child at you know, five, six, eight years old. You can fast forward 30 years later and they still hear that voice in their head of their, their mother, of their father, a step-parent, saying that in their head, you're never gonna amount to anything. Uh, you're worthless. That lie just resonates in their head and then later on in their life, they realize that that's not true. I've made, made mistakes, <laughs> we all have failures, but that doesn't mean that I'm inherently flawed. Um, sometimes that's a, that's a revelation for people. And then there's the, the power of words between spouses. Whenever we get married, we, we trust someone, we can be vulnerable with them, and we can open up a, a door to let them in, and we, we share some of ourselves and pieces of ourselves that we would never share with anyone else. And unfortunately, uh, with human nature, whenever we get into a fight, uh, I want you to feel what I'm feeling. So if I'm angry, I want you to be angry. If I'm hurt, I want you to be hurt. And often those words that have been spoken in the past in a moment of tenderness, in the moment of vulnerability, can be used as a way to hurt. Um, very destructive. Uh, but those words can also be healing. Uh, when I'm working with a couple, really early on, one of the really early sessions, they look into each other's eyes and they exchange three I love you becauses. Uh, I love you because you're a good mom. I love you because you're a good dad. Uh, I love you because you're a good cook. I love you because you're a snappy dresser. Um, just three things that they love about each other. Now, out of context, that seems pretty simple, you know, pretty easy. Shouldn't be that difficult unless you've been at ground zero, unless you've been in a completely hopeless state of mind. Think about how differently you would feel if you are in a, in a home where you're building each other up uh, all the time instead of tearing each other down, um, whether in mean, hateful ways or even in sarcastic ways, um, that you are being kind and, and, and positive with your love and affection for each other. Words can change your life. Bow me in prayer for a moment, please. Uh, Heavenly Father, forgive us for the words we've said that have hurt others. Help us for forgive those who've hurt us with their words. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, I grew up with a mother who uh, was very careful about words, and there were many words that she would never say. Uh, the idea of a uh, curse word crossing her lips was just something that was not going to happen. She was very much that way. Grew up in a strict Methodist house, you know, uh, and that's how she was raised in church, and she just didn't say bad words. But there's one word that she would say, though, uh, and if she had dropped something or something went, wouldn't go her way or something just wasn't just right, she'd say the word, oh, poo, okay? <laughs> she'd just say poo. Uh, now, I'm, I'm preparing you for, I'm going to say the word poo about a dozen times in the next 10 minutes in this message. So when I say the word poo, I prepared you. If my mother could say it anywhere, I could say it in church. So don't be traumatized by the word poo uh, as I share this time. 
As some know, a few years ago, my wife and I bought our first home. We've always lived in a parsonage. We love our house, and uh, we got the way we wanted to, to, to look. We uh, put wood floors throughout most of the house. We really like the wood floors there, and uh, we enjoy that. Uh, and we had for, for years uh, a pug dog, and, and it, lived, it lived out its fat, happy pug life about two years ago. And so a very happy little pug. And uh, my wife said, no more dogs because that dog shedded so much. Well, I like dogs. I like having a dog around. And she likes them too, but not as much as I do. And so I did some research on a dog and found one that does not shed, uh, does not cause any allergy issues, and just fit the criteria of loving kids, all these things that, that she would want for a dog. And I said, what about this one? Well, I finally was able to persuade her into getting a little dog, and so we bought that dog and have it in our house now. Now, with dogs, there is one major issue the first few months of their enjoying your home and you enjoying them, and that is housebreaking, housebreaking a dog. That's, not very, that's difficult to do, and so we've discovered in doing that that occasionally we will discover in the house some poo. <laughs> I, said it, I said it again, poo. Uh, and when we see the poo in the house, we clean it up immediately. We don't want any poo in our house. We don't want to step around poo. We don't want to smell poo. We don't want to see poo. I warned you. And so we're very careful about the poo in the home. We don't like it. You know, we much rather have other things. Now, here's where I'm going. Our house, our home is far more than the walls and the wood floor. Our home, our house, where we live, where we live is our relationships. If you're married, your marriage. Family, friendships, church family. Whoever you see in your life that's important to you, that you love, they have value to you, you have value to them, you have a connection with them, they are part of your home where you live. This is my home. This is my home. In our home, we say hurtful words to other people. We are putting poo in the middle of our home that is really, really hard to get rid of if we can ever get rid of it at all. It just kind of hangs on and we just simply step around it because there it is in our house, in our home, where we live. Why would we want to do that? Yet people do it all the time. So there are marriages and families and, and relationships where we just live with the poo because the bad words, the, 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 the words have been said, the hurtful words have been said, condemnatory words have been said, judgmental words have been said, painful words have been experienced, and there we just live among that. Now I want to read for you excerpts from uh, the Gospel of James, the Message Bible, and hear this word there. You can read it as also. A word out of your mouth may seem to be of no account, but it can accomplish nearly... I'm going to change one word here. I'm going to change one word in this, but you'll know when I get there. word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony into chaos, throw poo on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke, and go up and smoke with it. Now, that's the truth. That's reality. That's the way life is. And so how do we change that? I've already mentioned the word forgiveness. And so uh, there are simply some ideas I want to toss at you, just a few things. We want to put in our world and in our life. Before I do that, though, I want to give another illustration, a little, bit, little brighter one. 
this last week, I had a few hours off, and my wife was in prison, so I had time to do what I wanted to do for a while. And uh, prison ministry, if you're, if you're coming in late online here today, uh, prison ministry is where she is. She's not really in prison. Uh, but I decided to plant some flowers in my backyard, and I did some research on flowers. I wanted flowers that were easily maintained, would spread, uh, were, were kind of native to Texas, handled the heat in July and August, uh, and butterflies liked. I like butterflies. Can you believe it? I like butterflies in my yard. Uh, and so I found, I planted, I, I bought a bunch of lantana, which meets that criteria. And I went to buy a few. I was going to get maybe five or six. And I thought, if five or six would be nice, how about 20? So I bought 20. <laughs> so I planted, planted 20 bright yellow lantanas in my backyard around the rocks. I've checked it every day since I planted. How's it doing? No butterflies yet. They'll eventually make it there. Uh, because it's what I want to plant. I wanted to plant flowers in my yard. The first words are, forgive me. It's easy to say, I've got to forgive other people. We're talking about saying, forgive me. It's planting a flower. It's a nice, pretty flower that will grow and be in your home. That, those relationships, your future. You'll look into that future and see there's going to be some flowers there because I'm planting it right now by saying, forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Planting a flower. I'm, I'm sorry. You can add to those words if you'd like. You can rephrase them. It doesn't matter to me. You may not use them at all, but I want to let you know that when you say those things like that, you're planting some flowers, you know, in the midst of some other things we sometimes toss around. Thank you. And you can broaden that again. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's amazing that when we did some research here, Pastor Dave did that online, how many responses of people were in spouses and marriage. Just saying thank you. Just saying, thank you. Just saying, I'm sorry. Just saying, I love you. Things like that were powerful, powerful words. God bless you. And that's a broad idea. God bless you. Simple thing. And you can have your own list. You don't need mine. But I want to give you an idea. What I'm talking about is how we are building our home, laying it out clearly, cleaning it up, planting flowers in it that will be into our future because this is where we live. We don't live in our house. That's just an image. We live in our relationships. That's what home and household really is. You are important to me. Everybody wants to be important to the people that they love. Everybody wants to be of value to those they love. They sometimes wonder if they really are because of the words that we say. And to say you're important to me is a powerful, powerful word that plants a whole yard full of flowers as the years go by that grow up and bloom and we celebrate and we appreciate and we enjoy in our house, in our home, where we live and build our lives. And silence is the last one, silence. I thought about my own mom and dad, and I grew up in a gener different generation than, than some of you have grown up in, some of you have grown up in my generation as well. And affirming words weren't easy to say. They weren't as they weren't as easily said in those years as they are today for many of us. But, there were, but nothing bad was ever said in my house. No negative words were ever said to my brother or my, or my sisters from my parents. You know, they never said anything negative. They never, they never criticized, condemned, judged, accused, uh, berated. That never happened in my household. And so I remember that as the example they gave us and the things they did not say. There was no poo in my house growing up. 
this wasn't there. I'm grateful for that. Plant some flowers. Change your words, change your marriage. Change your words, change your family. Change your words, change your world. Words have the power to shape our feelings, our faith, and our future. Talking about future today, and we have much more power than we think we have with the words that we can say and the words we do not say. Now, I want to move a little bit, little bit different direction. I think one of the reasons that we have difficulty today in our culture is the culture itself is so critical and mean-spirited. Uh, and here's the phrase I want to say, and that's going to go up there for you to see. Social media and the many new forms of immediate communication have created a culture of abuse. I'm convinced that's true. Where other people and organizations can be damaged by personal criticism without accountability. Because there's no accountability, people blossom into uh, critical lives and mean, mean, mean-spirited people. What I mean by that is because of social media, internet, communication styles, people can actually be nasty without any accountability for it. It doesn't come back to them. There's no connection to it. To illustrate with my wife being married, there's accountability there all the time. You know, if I hurt her feelings, there's an immediate response. I'm made aware of that response, and I'm going to think, let's, let's stop that, you know, because I don't want to do that, and vice versa. There's an accountability in marriage and family that should exist. But where we live and there's often no accountability at all, people can say what they want to say, uh, charge what they want to charge, be mean as they want to be, and there's no, risk, there's no accountability for it. And so it begins to grow in someone's life, and they can really be, uh, become and adapt to just being critical, mean-spirited people. And that can happen to those because there's no accountability. And so pol- pol- polarizing language has become the norm instead of building and blessing language becoming the norm. And that can easily flow from the world I live in uh, and then I experience and flow into the household, family life, the things I really don't want it to go. So I, I can't cross the line anywhere. I must simply live the life the way God wants me to live that life in a beautiful way. That we, we have this sense of, of mean-spiritedness because so many people have not grown up in a small community where they learn mutual respect and accountability and admiration. And it's become a free-for-all in this crazy world you and I live in. You know, where people knew, if I'm not careful with this, I'll see this person in the next 50 years in this small community. I want to fix this right now. We may not see them again, so, hey, it doesn't matter. That's how people sometimes live, live life that way. So it means to me that my words can change me first and foremost. That what I say to others actually changes me, where I live, and the life that I engage for the rest of my life. My words can change the people in my life. Those I connect with, what I say can change them. They can be formed and shaped in a different way, especially if it's someone that loves me. Because if they love me, the words I say take on a, a, a magnificent and magnified power. Those who don't love me, it's probably less significant. So the ones that I love the most are the ones that I want to say the right words to the most. Because I can change them. My words can change the world we live in. Meaning my world, my environment, where I interact, where I connect. 
It can really do that. And when we're conscious of it, it changes everything, and I think in remarkable ways. It's the best gift we can give ourselves is to say to others the things we want to have grow and where we live in, the enjoy, experience, and celebrate. Now, I'm convinced that they're in my backyard when I put the flowers where I can see them in the porch. I can sit on the porch right there. I can put them over there by the rocks where they're going to be very visible. You know, I've got an open space where I have a great eye shot to them. So I'll be able to see those flowers when they grow up and see the butterflies when they go and land on those flowers. And, and I'll be there for all. And I, I have that in my mind what's going to come because of that. You know, that's what I wanted to plan. And so last, last night, uh, still trying to housebreak that, that dog. Um, and it came time to go outside. And I knew it was a critical moment. You ever have a housebreak a dog? They're critical moments when you're teaching a puppy to do this permanently the way you want them to. And, and it, was, it was working. He wanted to go outside. He was ready to go. I knew it was a perfect timing. And I opened the door, thunder and lightning and rain. <laughs> and that dog wasn't going outside. And so I, so I said, oh, poo. Because <laughs> that's where we ended up last night. My wife's in prison. She's okay. You know, uh, but think about what we want in our household. You know, the words we say, we make our choice. Will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, the words you say to us. The words of love, grace, mercy, assurance, forgiveness. God, we depend upon your words. If we are anything in life at all, God, it's because of the words you have said to us. We are for the words we've come to church to hear in the hymns and the, and the anthems and the words we've read. And we, we've heard those words some more, God, and it, we feel so good because of the things you said to us today. Words of love and grace and possibilities and good news and salvation. We're so grateful, God. Now help us, God, go into our world and as we enter that world, to, to quit dropping stuff around that we don't want to have in it. We don't want to have be part of our home or where we live, our relationships. And God, help us learn how to, to plant flowers, God, that will grow in our kids and our spouses and our family and our friendships, our neighborhood, our workplace, and our church. Maybe so, God, I pray in Jesus' name, amen.